Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations with the Real Estate Redhead. Today we have Marty and Susan from First Community Bank. They're going to come on today and talk to us about all kinds of great things. So welcome guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about y'all. So my name is Marty Klim. I'm the Vice President of Mortgage Lending at First Community Bank. Um, the bank hired me and brought me here from Phoenix, Arizona about a year and a half ago to help beef up our mortgage lending and bring it out. I've been in the mortgage banking industry for about 43 years, I think it is now. It gets hard to sometimes remember <laughs> in my age. Um, involved on a national basis with consulting and working with mortgage companies, banks, lenders, credit unions all over the country. Um, I have a real deep experience in a lot of economic issues, the things that drive the industry, but also in the things that drive loans. You know, what what's your buyer's problems today? How do we solve your buyer's Absolutely. problems today? And, and when is the right time to make the right moves in the industry? So I'm excited to talk to everybody today and see what we can uh, bear it out. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Susan? Well, I'm Susan Geisel. I've been in the mortgage business probably 42 years. I was young at 19 and started awesome. as a receptionist and worked my way all the way around. Good for you. That's so, so cool. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Looking well, I'm glad. To doing I'm more. glad you're here today, and yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to Thank picking you. y'all's brain and Good. and learning about all that you wanna you're, you're gonna tell us. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's get started. Yeah. yeah. So you know we were talking earlier today and talking mm-hmm. a little bit about what's going on in the mortgage industry and. You know, I think the mortgage industry, like all businesses right now, is just in flux, right? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I was talking to my wife over the weekend, and she likes to pick my brains. I've been married to my wife forever, it seems. And we <laughs> met the first day of freshman, first hour, first day of freshman year of high school. And That's so we've cool. been together almost ever since. And so we were talking this weekend about uh, about inflation, you know, and what's going on and, and you know, the economy and Everybody's just, you know, if you watch the news and, and my first advice to almost everybody is quit watching the news because they make stuff up. They got to fill yeah. so much airtime in a day. Yeah. When you watch it, you know, inflation rates right now, I think last I checked, we're about the eight to nine percent range. And, you know, we're pretty much it's universally accepted that we're headed towards a, a recession and that, that recession is probably going to peak in January or February of next year. And what's all that mean? You know, I mean, that, mm-hmm. those are all big numbers. And, and it really kind of hit home as I was talking to my wife and she was asking some questions about things. And I said, well, you know, inflation is running right now at about 8%. And she looked at me and she said, you know that you're stupid, right? And I said, hold on, what? Hold on. She said, you know, when we moved here a year ago, milk was $1.67 a gallon and I just paid three twenty. Yeah. That's 50%. Yeah. She said, when we moved here, gas was $1.67 and I just paid three twenty. That's That's 100%. Yeah. You know, and when I, and she said, you know, it, it cost me 50% more to buy a bag of basket of groceries today than it cost yeah. me three months ago. Yeah. So don't tell me that inflation is 8%. It's 8%. It's, you know, because for me, inflation is 50% because that's what I spend. And it really got me thinking about what do people perceive and, and how do they take these numbers that we see in the news all the time? Right. And Scary. how do they, yeah. yeah, I mean, how do they understand them in their own lives and how they really understand them? I think my yeah. wife hit the nail on the head. You know, mm-hmm. basket of groceries is a great way to gauge what's what's happening. Yeah. And as I thought about it more and more, I saw that what it really affected, the housing industry is really no more than that bag of groceries. Right. Right. Because these numbers come in and they're what's happening in interest rates and what's happening in the price of housing and what's happening in, you know, are we headed for a real estate bubble or is it going to burst and my house is going to be worthless? And all these kind of things come into people's head because they're watching the news all the time. Yeah. And so what I'm out trying to do is, is just, you know, talking to people like you and, and just getting out there and just trying to explain what these numbers and how they all come in. So yeah. let's start, you know, I, I'd love to start with just the first thing, which is interest rates. Yeah. Right? 
interest rates last year were phenomenal, right? I, I, I bought a house in September of 2021 and I paid two and three quarter percent interest rate. Yeah. That's a great rate. And you know, and I hear all the time when I'm out talking to people, I hear them say, oh, Barty, how, you know, I'm going to wait for two and three quarters again. And it's like, I just kind of have to say, okay, let's sit down and have a chat. Let's unwrap that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's talk about reality. Okay? So mm-hmm. I went back and I pulled a, a rate history since I started in the business in mm-hmm. 1977. Okay, 1977 rates were eight and eight, 8.85%, mm-hmm. right? And they went up about six years later, 1984. In the 80s, rates were 82, 16%, 13%, 83, 84%, 13%, 85%, 12%. You know, all the way through the 80s to 89, rates were still at 10%. Yeah. You know, these were what the market was 40 years ago. Yeah. Right? As you go into the 2000s, you know, the 2000s leading up to the recession, rates were at 8, 7, 6, 5, 5, 5, 6 for, you know, for 2000 to 2006. As we went into the recession, the markets froze up and the only thing that you could do was the only thing the Federal Reserve could do was to lower interest rates so low to keep money flowing into the system, to keep yeah. banks borrowing it and lending it. And so we push rates down. But even then, we only, even through the 2000s, through the teens, rates were in the fours, yeah. the threes and fours. That's what the standard rate's been for the last 10 years. So we really haven't been in a place in over 10 years. I think the last time we really saw some major movements in interest rates was about the year 2000, right in that range. So for almost 20 years now, we haven't really seen fluctuating interest rates to mm-hmm. a great degree. And I propose that we're not seeing fluctuating interest rates today. Yeah. We're just seeing some natural movement. So what about last year? You know, what happened in that whole thing last year? And the story I always tell is I had, a, I had an old buddy who had an appliance repair business. And his son used to work there. And on the weekends, I'd go down and we'd all hang out and just talk and things. And I remember one day, some guy came in and he, he says, uh, yeah, I need, a, uh, I need a hose for my washing machine. And his dad, you know, was in his 70s. He says, oh, yeah, I got one of those. He goes to the back, and he comes out, and he puts it down on the table, and he says, that'll be $15. And the guy looks at me and says, well, I was just down the street at this this place that, you know, this appliance repair place, and they said they didn't have the hose, but it was only $12. And without missing a beat, my, my buddy's dad looks at him and says, well, if I didn't have the hose, it would only be $8. You know, it's, a, <laughs> it's real easy for everybody to, realize, yeah. to go out and start talking about, you know, what it was, and I want to wait for what it was, and, and, and it's never going to be. Well, let's be realistic. Those rates that we had last year were a confluence of events that had to do with current rates, the recession, COVID. We locked down yeah. our economy yeah. for six months that had never happened before. Since right. 1776, it had never happened. Yeah. And so what was going to happen to the economy? You can't look at that and say, that's what I'm waiting for. The last right. time rates were in the yeah. twos, I can't find the records for it. Everything, I found some indications that they were in the twos in the 1950s, but we weren't keeping records and the internet didn't exist yet. <laughs> right. yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was just something that it's not going to happen again. It's not probably not going to happen again in anybody's lifetime. And the only reason it happened was because our economy was shattered. Yeah. Right? We shut everything down. You could go, let's remember going to the grocery stores and seeing nothing mm-hmm. but empty shelves. Yes. Let's remember, you know, you... Going out, I took my son, I was teaching him to drive, I took him out to the airport in Phoenix, and there was nobody there. When was the last time you went to a major, this is one of the top five airports in the country, and nobody yeah. was there. This is a world that didn't exist. Right. Right now, we're in a rate, in a place with rates, it really is a pretty reasonable place. You know, yeah. we're in the five and a half to six percent, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, 
The NBA is saying that they're expecting an average rate for the year to be about 5%. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where we're at right now. And that's more than that's more than sustainable in the economy. Yeah. When you look at appreciation of houses plus the tax benefits of houses plus what your cost of housing is. We we make loans every month. Every loan that I see that has a buyer moving from a rental into the home that they're buying, their new loan payment is less than what their rental payment is. Yes. We're in a market. I, I talked to somebody last week who's out of state. Mother lives in, a, in an apartment. She's been paying $1,000 a month for the last seven, eight, nine years. They just came to her and said, first of August, your rate's going to $1,600. Gee. 60%. You know, this is we have. If we have a shortage, we have a shortage of rental housing. Right, and absolutely. And the coastal bend is even worse. Absolutely. Than the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. So the first thing about rates is that anything less than eight percent is probably about a what I would call a break-even rate. It's a yeah. point where all the benefits of housing offset the the negatives, and the cost is about break-even with what rental housing is. Yeah. So if we're in the five to six percent range. And, and we're competing against rental housing, people still benefit from buying a house. Right. And so the first thing I want to say to everybody is don't worry so much about rates. I, we literally have people who say, I'm not going to buy a house until rates go down to two and seven eighths. Yeah. And my comment, my reaction to them is that you're not going to buy a house. So mm-hmm. they're probably, or ma'am, they're, going down. they're probably not going to mm-hmm. come down that low again. Yeah. Not, not in the near future. So let's look at what the payments are. I literally had a gentleman who was locked at two and seven eighths percent, and he told me he wasn't going to close. This is just three months ago. Told me he was not going to close until it went to two and a half. I cannot believe that. Yeah, yeah. And I said I brought him in. I brought him into the office. I said, "Please come sit down, and talk to me." And I showed him it was nine dollars on his payment. Yeah, that's what he was waiting for. It was nine dollars a month on his payment. And I explained to him, you're locked. Rates had already gone to three and a half. Yeah. If you drop this lock, it is not going to come back anytime in the foreseeable future mm-hmm. and probably never in your lifetime into that rate that you have at two and seven eighths. Yeah. He wouldn't close. He didn't close. And it's gone. Man. So, you know, the first thing I would say is quit watching the news. The, the rates that they talk about on the news, when they're talking about the Federal Reserve changing the rate, when they're talking about all mm-hmm. these different things... They, that's the same thing as eight percent inflation. I want you to think about what affects your pocketbook. Yeah. What's that bag? What's that basket of groceries cost? Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I want you to, to go to is that go see a professional. Go see somebody like me, some other lender. I don't, you know, I don't care. I want people to get into housing. It's the best Absolutely. investment that they can make. Go see your realtor, right? A, mm-hmm. a licensed realtor. To me, I bought a house. I had a real estate license in Phoenix for twenty five years, I think, or twenty years, somewhere in that age. I got here, I could have gone and got a real estate license and bought a house. The first thing I went out and did was found a good realtor. Yep, right? absolutely. Because a good realtor brings so much value to the transaction. Yep. Go see your realtor. Go see the lender that they work with and, and talk to them and find out what the what the dollars and cents come down to. Don't play this rate game. Because, yeah. Because it's in all honesty, yeah. it's a rigged game. Yeah. And you're never going to win it. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking about inflation, when you're talking about interest rates, the market is still a good market. The yeah. values are still reasonable. Now, you know, we would all love to go back two years ago and know that, uh, you know, houses were going to jump up and houses were Exactly. In Why do you think they sold like that? They just went crazy. Well, they just, exactly. Everything you put on the market. Everybody sold and it was yeah. gone. And yeah. I, it was crazy. At that let's time. talk about that just a minute. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what happened because if you really want to, want to, I mean, everybody wants to be an economic forecaster. You know, at, at First Community Bank, we have some really, we have some great people. We have, some, we have, you know, 
controllers and our chief financial officer and the president of the bank. And we're always talking. We're always, we have, we have access to the greatest resources Yeah. as far as the, you know, the federal reserve and, and commentary from the bankers associations. And, you know, we're always looking and trying to foresee what's going to happen because yeah. that's part of man- managing our risk. Of course. Right? That's what, that's what lending is, is managing risk. Yeah. So we're looking at all this, but for buyers too often, I feel they get caught up in all of it. Yeah. And there's, you know what? If the people who do this for a living can't figure it out, I don't expect buyers to be able to. Pull do you know how many together. times people have told me, "Oh, I'm going to wait for the right for the for the prices to go down." Uh-huh. I'm like, "What makes you think that they're going to go down? They might stabilize a little bit, but who told you that they're going to be going down? Like, why would you want that to happen?" I seriously, think. Do that. you realize yeah. what that means if that happens? And they may take a dip, but let's talk about that just for a second. So. What happened that caused prices to go up is, is I think, the better question that I'm waiting yeah. for prices to go down. Yeah. Prices Lack went of up. For, first of all, when I moved to Corpus and I told all my friends what I could buy a house in Corpus for, they were like, whoa, we're all moving to Corpus. They were like, That's, <laughs> you know, I, I bought a, a 3,500 square foot house for $275,000. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, you that's know? super cheap. And, and that was after prices went up. Right, it was probably two hundred forty thousand or two hundred thirty thousand before. Yeah, Crazy. but let's talk about why prices went up because I think that's even more important mm-hmm. and tells more of the story. So, what you had happen in early twenty twenty one, late twenty twenty was you know twenty twenty COVID hits, everything shuts down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went out driving around. I wasn't here until September of that year, but I know I could go driving around Phoenix and Scottsdale, and the roads were empty. Yeah. Right. Gas stations were empty. Stores were empty. The shelves were empty and nobody was in them. Everything was shut down. Well, the same thing happened to manufacturing. Right. Exactly. There's a lot of things that go into a house. Right. Windows and doors. And, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, I I talk about steer. I always talk when I'm out giving talks to to the industry folks. I talk about, you know, wood futures and steel futures and all these kinds of things. They're going, what heck? Steel futures have to do with houses in Corpus Christi. It drives everything. Right. It does. Because you know what? What, what are those air conditioners made of? What's yeah. that ductwork made of? What's all, you know. And transformers. I've heard mm-hmm. that there's there's a delay in transformers. Windows, six months. So I, I worked oh, yeah. in the home building industry for eight or ten years and, and uh, managed uh, all the mortgage operations for a big home builder that built about 3,000 houses, 2,500, 3,000 houses a year. And so let's talk about what happened in, in 2020. First thing we had that really that really started everything off was wood futures. Right, so I can go to the Chicago Board of yeah, Trade, right. and I can buy a thousand. I can buy a commitment for a thousand board feet of lumber that'll be delivered to me in December of this year. Yeah, and they'll give me a price. And so, a thousand board feet of lumber before the pandemic was running about four hundred dollars a thousand board feet. All of a sudden, about September, October, December, right in that area, prices for nine month delivery on lumber jumped from. Four hundred dollars a thousand board feet to it's either twelve or sixteen hundred dollars. I don't remember off the top God. of my head. They tripled. Yeah, that's right? like three or four times. Exactly. At the same yeah. time, what's going on? We can't get it. Right? We can't yeah. get it from you yeah. can't get there from here is the old line, right? You they yeah. we can't get the wood from up in up in the Pacific Northwest down to Corpus Christi right. because there's not enough truck drivers, right? Everybody's Gee. locked down because of COVID. So transportation costs go up. And then what happens? Gasoline cost goes up, else. and the, the cost of delivering it goes up. Yep. Then you, and this is gonna, you know, this is how interconnected our world is, and how crazy things are. Bark beetles in Canada. There was an infestation in Alberta of bark beetles, and oh, they really cut right. back during COVID. It cut back the milling of wood, 
And so the amount of wood coming out of Canada was almost mm-hmm. cut in half, I think, was the number Jeez. that I read. So all of a sudden, bark like, beetles yeah. in Canada yeah. flip their wings, and you can't buy <laughs> yeah. lumber in Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of that. Right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All these things come together, yeah. and basically what it really, the, the effect to the buyers and what everybody really, it goes back to that basket of groceries. Yeah. The effect to the buyers was the cost to frame a new home doubled or tripled. Yeah. Okay? That's yeah. The, the You could take all these other things into account. But the cost to frame that new home doubled or tripled. Right. And that meant that that the price that the home was selling for couldn't sell anymore. Right. Okay. And so to build that new home, we had to up the price. And when we upped the price, that created a new benchmark that all the other houses are being graded against. That's how we, exactly. that's how appraisers work. Appraisers right. work by comparing your house against the house that's, that's sold in the yeah. area. Yeah. And then making adjustments to show people what the value is. That's how we yeah. determine a value from a mortgage standpoint. And so these dramatic cost jumps well, I'm going to tell you what I remember happening. And same thing, we had wood, but we also had windows, right? I was going to say. Any, yeah, any yeah. builder out there is going to tell you that windows right now are anywhere from six months to a year. Yeah. I have a friend who's a builder in Phoenix. He's building He's building out like 4,000 lots for the last 15 years up north of Phoenix. And he just bought a warehouse. He's down to his last 200 lots. He bought a warehouse and went and bought all of his windows and all of his air conditioners for the rest Correct. of his lots and put yep. them in a yeah. warehouse. Because he said it's, it can take me up to a year to get them. Yeah. And so... All of a sudden, all the costs went up to the builders, and what did the builders do? They said, hold on a minute. Stop. We're not going to build anything right now because we don't know what it's going to cost yeah. us. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we have all these contracts with, with buyers to sell them houses that it's going to cost me more to build it than I'm going to sell it to them. And oops, we don't have any escalator clauses in our contract. I was going to say, escalation clauses and uh-huh. not only that, instead of it taking, you know, th- four months, it's, it's taking nine months. Uh-huh. Right. So or the interest, interest rate carry on the yeah. loan, which even yes. adds more. Yeah. All these oh, little things add into the prices of yep. the homes, yeah. which yeah. drove the prices up on new construction. But even more important than that, it stopped new construction for a period right. of time. Yeah. Well, everybody kind of took the sucker punch of to the gut of, now what am I going to do? And, and that's not. Right. In a, in a place like the Coastal Bend, we don't have an interest rate problem. Yeah. You're a realtor. What's our biggest problem here? Inventory. Inventory. <laughs> we don't have enough houses. Right. right? And how do we get houses? It's all a ratcheting effect, right? If a builder builds a new house, the person who's moving into that house vacates a home usually that they're in. Yeah. Right. People don't normally go right into new homes. Some of them do. We have some builders yeah. who are really great out there at building first-time home buyers, And we need yeah. more of those. We need more entrance level housing right but we have a whole lot of builders who are building three four hundred five hundred thousand dollar homes those are all ratchet up housing and so we have to get those houses finished before we can move the people up from the next level below them into the house that they had and a level below them and and open up that bottom line entry level house for new people yeah so we stopped building for three or four months and what happened we already had an inventory problem inventories were already dropping to the lowest levels as far as I've seen, you know, in, in the historical record that I can find here in the Corpus area, yeah. you know, at least 10, 10 to 15, 20 years, the lowest levels of inventory, and we stopped it for three months. So what happened? The inventory went, wham, mm-hmm. it hit the right. bottom. Everybody right. went, oh, my gosh, I got to go buy a house right now, which did what? Drove ha- drove prices up. Right, right? exactly. This isn't, a, this isn't a Corpus Christi phenomenon. This happened yeah. all over oh, the country. It, yeah. Go up into Austin. You know, I'm talking to people in Austin. They're saying, my kids can't buy a house. It's all people moving from California. Yeah. Yes. You know, go into Phoenix. It's all, you know, what yeah. reason my house mm-hmm. is worth uh, 80% more than it was when I moved a year and a half ago was all these people came out of California where the, the economy is still stuttering. It's still having major issues. There's in-migration into all these places up in 
up in Austin and San Antonio, you have Tesla moving in, and you have exactly. Oracle moving in. There are all these high yeah. paid people. People are coming in. They're coming in with California money. It's really interesting. I saw recently a stat out of Phoenix that said that the average housing price was seven hundred thousand dollars. I cannot oh. with that. Coincidentally, the average buyer coming out of California has seven hundred thousand dollars in their pocket. That's what they're getting from selling their house in California and moving out. That's what their equity growth is. And they're just putting it right back into their houses. I think the same thing's happening in San Antonio and the same thing's happening in Austin. Yeah. So you see, so these are places where you could see a housing bubble, right? Because the houses are automatically, or, or, or not automatically, but they're artificially inflated. Right. But this is the great news for Corpus Christi. Our price growth doesn't have to do with immigration. We do have some growth at the port. We do have some growth in out in Sinton, out in the steel plant that's yeah. out there. We've got some growth out in Portland, yeah. in Ingleside, the yeah. the, the uh, plastics plant that's going in out there. We've got some more stuff happening. Our economic development folks here are doing a great job. Right. But they're not bringing in huge numbers. What we are bringing in is a lot more people are just up-migrating. So right. the prices that went up really weren't caused by immigration of people coming in and competing with local they were caused by all these other economic factors. Yeah. So when you talk about should you buy a house right now and our price is going to go down, there's always the possibility. You know, real estate goes up and down. Right. In 42 years, I've owned a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. My simple rule is this. I never lose money on real estate if I can hold it long enough. Exactly. Real estate will always rebound if the values always. drop a little yeah. bit. Exactly. You know Your house might be, you know. It's kind of like, I remember the first time I ever bought stock through an E-Trade account. And man, I'd go in there. I, I bought just a friend of mine said, oh, my company's going to go public and it's just this really great thing. And so me and my partner each bought about 20, 30 shares for $1,000, $1,500. And every morning we'd go in and we'd look at that stock price, <laughs> right? And every morning, oh, we're up $1.42 today. And oh, man, we just got killed. And it is exciting. It, it, it is. is. But yeah. it was stupid. <laughs> if we would have gone out and done our job, we would have made $20,000 versus watching that $1,000 go up and down from 1200 to 900 yeah, right? Was, yeah. Seriously. It, yeah. It's, well, you're playing a game that you don't know. Real estate is kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. If you hold it long enough, it's always going to be worth what you paid for it. I've right. never seen a time where real estate went down and stayed down. Could we see a slight dip in property? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. But it's not very probable here. I think as an expert, and I am an expert, I think 42 years, you know, I've lost enough brain cells in my life that I think (laughs) I I qualify myself as somebody who does it. I, you know, I give testimony in trials. I do different things. In 42 years, I've never seen a time when you lost money on real estate, even during the, what we call the Great Great Recession, Recession. 2008, the worst economic time we've ever seen the prices have all rebounded yeah. from there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. If that's, and now they're better than they've yeah. ever been. They're, they're yeah. 40%, 50% higher than they yeah. were during yeah. that yeah. period of time. Exactly. If that didn't get us, guys, what we're in right we're in a good market right now. Unfortunately, people don't know it. Yeah. We still have COVID fatigue. We have people who yeah. are afraid. We have people trying to figure out how to get yeah. back to their lives, how to get their yeah. ca- kids educated. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. People are just, people are suffering. Yeah. Me and I, you know, and I, I'm not much of a political guy, but. But honestly, I wish our, our legis- I, our, on both sides, yeah. I wish they yeah. would learn that people are suffering and you guys need to get to work and get some stuff done. Exactly. Because they've got to alleviate that. Yeah. And I wish these people on the news would quit just throwing things out there to be able to say it because it scares people and it confuses them. No, you're and exactly so right. When I talk to them, I try to just say, hey, listen, things are good. Rates are good. Prices are reasonable. I think, in my opinion, when I bought my house in September of last year with ridiculous, you know, inventory issues yeah you know my wife came in and she wanted one thing i that was the biggest thing i had to tell her was 
was we made a list of 10 things and we got about seven of them in the house we got. Yeah, yeah. The others I can fix, yeah. right? I can remodel the kitchen. I can remodel the bathrooms. Right. She didn't want to have to go through remodeling again because I'm just like, I'm like every caricature on TV, right? I start it and it takes 15 years before it's done. But, wow. and she didn't want to go through it again, but it's like, yeah. this is what we're dealt with, right? Right. This is the market. Right. And even with all of that, I paid, I believe, about 10% less than the value of the house. Oh, I was you able paid to make it a great. deal. Yeah, you There's still it, yeah. deals out there. Yeah. All, I see yeah, houses all the time. Yeah. I see loans. I, that's what I do. I look at them. I, I'm right. in charge of mortgage lending for the bank. Yeah. I see loans all the time, and, and there's still deals to be had. Right. There's still room mm-hmm. for appreciation to come in. There's still a place to set your family up. There's, yeah. there's stability in having a home. And so... I encourage people all the time, get out there and look at the market. Get out yeah. there and go talk to a realtor. Um, you know, Keller Williams, great company. Get out yeah. there and talk. They have yeah. great resources. Yes. Yeah. Get out and see what's going on. The market changes all the time, but in the end, it comes down to the same old thing. Yeah. I tell people this all the time. You know, I've been here before. I've been here when the savings and loan crisis happened oh, before yeah. you were even born. I'm sure. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I, I was there during the rock, the Russian yeah. stock market crash after yeah. the after the wall came down in '94. You know, I mean, all these things have affected the industry in regional crises and national mm-hmm, crises. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've done it, and the same stuff works, right? Yeah. It's really just a matter of finding a house you can afford, get into it, build up a nest egg. Pay the mortgage down. Right. You know, I've, I've counseled numerous retirees over my life. And, and the best retiree I find is the one who's been in their house for 30 years. They own it. It's free and clear. It's yeah. like you're set. Yeah. Right. You've got something you can, you know, your cost of living is low. Your right. social security will help you. You can live. Then, then at the point that you may have to, you know, and they're always the same thing. Well, I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know how much it's going to cost. Yeah. It's like you've got your house as an asset to help help yep. your family take care yeah. of it if you need to. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the best thing that you can do is for retirement. You know, yeah. I, I think is, yeah. I, I think you're the number one retirement strategies, and we can talk a lot about savings and mutual funds and everything. I think those are all great. Everybody needs to be involved in them. Yeah. But if yeah. you're not, if yeah. you're not in a house, I think you're missing your prime, your prime yeah. opportunity. No, you're exactly and right. That's, yeah. that's where you need to start. Yeah. The last thing I want to bring up, and, and it's something that I've seen in the news a lot lately and it just drives me crazy, right? And it's this whole concept of a housing bubble. Yeah. Because I see, I, I tune in on the nightly news and I see Lester Holt or whoever's getting up there and saying, well, the economists are concerned about a housing bubble. What and can we rally well, them up with you today? Know, exactly, you know, we got <laughs> if it bleeds, it leads, right? And if right. we can't, exactly. and, and we'll go do the financial, we can get financial bleeding there too. And they keep going back to, are we headed back to a housing bubble since 2008? We talked a little bit about a housing bubble here earlier. But what a housing bubble is, is when house prices go up so much that the market can't really sustain it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, everybody wakes up and says, hey, you know what? The emperor's got no clothes on, guys. <laughs> and, you know, these prices are really silly. And and the, they collapse and then go down. Usually a, a bubble is considered, I'd, I'd have to look up the exact definition, but I think it's 15 to 20% drop in prices yeah. is the collapsing of a bubble. Well, let's talk about 2008. Okay, so what happened in the Great Recession was that housing prices started going up because we came out with this wonderful loan, which I can honestly say I never made one because I thought they were the worst thing ever created as far as financial instruments, Mm -hmm. was a no-income, no-asset verification loan. Oh, geez. Which basically said that you you tell me how much you make and I write it down and you don't have to... You tell me how much you got in the bank, but I won't go verify it, and we'll just do a deal for I you. I can't believe that that would get by. That would never fly now. Oh, not, oh, not oh, absolutely now. not. No. I mean, because, with all of the things that y'all require now, because like, of it. no way. Because of it. Yeah. And what happened was, this had been around for a long time, right? There was mm-hmm. this whole concept of pricing for risk. 
And pricing for risk was that if we get enough interest rate, we can make a loan to anybody and make money. Oh, wow. And that came into the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. People tried it before, but there's a lot more that goes into the mortgage banking. And and there've been, this was nothing new. Again, none of this stuff is new. I've seen this same thing happen here in Texas about 25 years ago with a, I can't remember the name of the bank, but they came out with a product that was 100% loan to value, purchase no money down, and we'll just make you a loan. And it collapsed and the bank failed. Yeah, and so I've seen this regionally. But what happened in two thousand in, in the early two thousands was Congress came in and said, "Well, that's not fair that only the people in Texas or the people in Ohio can get these loans." So they went to Fannie, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac, and they said, "You need to start buying these loans. These are good deals. Everybody's making a lot of money on them." And so yep. we made this a national program, and everybody started buying, which really threw it was like throwing gasoline on a on a match. And this you know, was in two thousand eight. This was well. This started about the early two thousands. Okay. By 2008, all of a sudden, everybody realized, hold on a minute, there's a lot of fraud going on here. I mean, people went uh, to jail. Yeah. Loan officers. That's crazy. Realtors. Yep. Loan processors. Dang. Went, titled company escrow officers went to jail for falsifying documents. All of a sudden, people realized when they're signing that application or signing that occupancy affidavit, it actually meant something. Dang. And, they, and just like lying to the yeah. FBI, people went to prison. I was involved in a number of cases where people went to prison. So the idea was that all of a sudden everybody woke up and said the emperor's got no clothes. And I remember sitting, sitting in my house up in the mountains and looking out the window, listening to a group of economists after Bear Stearns had collapsed, after Merrill Lynch had been sold, after the Fed was coming in, forcing, forcing um, money on all the banks and basically taking an ownership and control interest in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all that happening and I was looking out the window and I'm listening to all these economists and I thought, oh my gosh. This is going to be a yeah. five, six-year fix. It's not going to be six months. I've been through these things before. They usually yeah. rectify themselves in six to nine months. Guys, the inflation is an issue right now. It'll bottom out after the beginning of the year. Yeah. It'll get as bad as it's going to get. And it'll hopefully get better faster. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see what our government does to control it. But but the reality is, is usually that happens in a six-month to a year phase. And I remember sitting there and thinking, this is going to be four to five years. And it's going to be four to five years because so many houses are going to come onto the market that yep. it's going to glut the supply. And I that, that see. And that glut to the supply. Because people couldn't afford the houses that they got approved that, for. They, exactly. Right. Got it. So about 20% of the houses in the country, the person buying it never lived in it. They would go out and they would buy a house. Houses prices, Housing prices were going up 20% a year. So they'd buy a house and take a year to build it. By the time it was built, it was worth 20% more. And they'd turn around and just sell the contract to somebody else who needed a house right now. And they could go live in it and put oh, into it. Oh, wow. So there's speculation going on. Oh, wow. That's what caused the housing bubble. That's not what we have now. No. That's, the, none of that is happening You're in the, exactly in the coastal right. bend. Yeah. You're exactly right. None of right. that's going on. We don't have a glut of houses. Our inventory, we would, as, yeah. as real estate professionals, we'd love to get about another, we'd love to triple our inventory right now. It'd make oh, our jobs a heck of a lot easier. Fantastic. You know, yeah. my wife would have been much happier if we could have done that. <laughs> Everything would be like a well-oiled wanted. machine. Mm-hmm. That's going to take a that's going to take at least a few years to get back yeah. up there. Yeah. It's going to happen. Builders are starting to come in. They're starting to build a little bit more. We see the inventory yeah. creeping, creeping up. Yeah. A tenth of a percent every month. Yeah. Right? Not 2% or 5%, a tenth of a percent. Right. So it's going to take a few years. That glut isn't going to be there. There's not, I don't believe there's going to be a housing a housing bubble. I think that that's just a silly idea because the, because anything that comes on the market gets immediately absorbed. Yeah. I saw an interesting, and just pre- just presented some figures to our board of directors yesterday, or I was working on it yesterday, and a year ago, we had 21 FHA loans that the bank had made that were seriously delinquent. And not a big number, but it's, but it's not a number we like to see. Yeah. Today, we have one. Wow. 
20 loans went away. The reason the 21s were there was as soon as COVID hit, FHA yeah. said, hey, just put your loan into forbearance. You don't exactly. have to make any housing right. payments, right? Exactly. And everybody, mm-hmm. that's what everybody said was going to cause that. Back back a year ago, that's what everybody thought said was going to cause a housing yeah. boom. Exactly. Well, all these four, they're in They're going to go into foreclosure. Pretty right. soon the government, just like yeah. the student loan thing, they're going to start making payments again. They're not yeah. going to be able to make their payments. They're going to do The government cured the loans. They got everybody back on track. Yeah. We have one loan that's in that's in forbearance today. Wow. So we've moved from 21 to one in a year. Yeah. The market will absorb any movements. Yeah. Can there be a little drop in a price? Sure. From neighborhood to neighborhood. Somebody got a good price. Somebody else gets a deal. Somebody, you know, the house, you know, is maybe a little run down. But there's not going to be any major market swings. And and my simple advice to everybody, and I'll, and I'll close on this because I talk way too much if you haven't figured <laughs> it out yet. But I love That's this stuff. And I think people yeah. need to know yes, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And because they need to listen. Yes. Nobody's sharing this stuff. No. Right? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And you know what? Come down to my office. I'm right over on Everhart and SPID. You can come sit in my office. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of, of First Communities. We're all here, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we close every loan. We make every loan. We process every loan. We approve every loan right in my office. I'm there every day. You can come in and sit down and talk to me. Yeah. And I'll explain and answer any mm-hmm. questions you have personally. Because yeah. I, this is this is part of my outreach to the community is to get out there and let people know. Yeah. So my take on housing in the Coastal Bend over the next 12 months is there's still deals to be had. If you go out there and you shop, you get a good realtor and you go out and you and you be realistic about what you're looking for. Right. You know, hopefully they can find 10 out of 10 on your list. But mm-hmm. if they can't, figure out what the two or three things you can do without are and help the realtor to find the right place for you. Yeah. There, if you're willing to negotiate, if you're willing to be patient, there's still deals out there. Rates right. are mm-hmm. still reasonable. Yeah. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking, this is really, really cool. Right now, rates are about five and a half to six, Susan. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I don't watch it every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm more little higher level. Fluctuating in between. Right? Yes. Starting in 2000. These are the average rates from 2000 to 2006. 8.08, And they haven't been hugely lower. The lowest rates ever got in everything. The average rate was 3.15. Yeah. Right? They haven't been. So we're still in a good rate. So we're talking about a a difference of 2% really. Yeah. And that's really not. And when you look at what appreciation, what our house is going to appreciate in the next year, if you're waiting for rates to go down, yeah. You know, we'll ref- we'll refinance you in a year if rates go down. If they go down enough, <laughs> yeah, then it makes no sense. kidding. You, you come go. on back. We'll yes. we'll, we'll, we'll make you another loan. We'll yeah. even give you a deal on the closing cost. Right? Yeah, we're we're gonna do whatever we can to make things good for you. But the reality is, is rates are good. The market is going to get more expensive. You know, prices are not going to go down on new homes. Yeah, you know the, pr- the the builders have adjusted their prices. The market has adjusted its code. You know, yeah, I wished everybody had bought a house a year and a half ago. I wish yep. everybody who wanted a house yep. had gone out and found yeah. the perfect deal at, the, at yep. the lowest price, at the lowest interest rate. I'd sell it to you for 1% if I didn't have it, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's that it's, I want you all to know that, you know, we're going to make you the best deal. We're yeah. going to work with you. You know, the, the beauty of, of, of you is of Keller Williams here in the Coastal Bend and the First Community Bank in the Coastal Bend is we live here. Yeah. If I see you in HEB, I want to walk over and shake your hand and ask how things are going. Right. I don't want to have to go down the, the diaper aisle. I have done my last trip in my life at, at this stage <laughs> down the diaper aisle, and I don't want to have to go down the diaper oh, aisle gee. to dodge a client. Yeah, I want to treat yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. fairly, yeah, yeah. and I firmly do believe, folks, yeah. I came here and bought a house, and I think everybody should because For I think sure. it's a good investment. It's a good it place is. to be, yep. For and sure. we want to help you. So For sure. With that, yeah, I think I've talked more than enough, and I'm no, gonna turn it back to you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. All of this is great. It's All of this great is great. Name. Yeah, you know, and what we do every day, you know, whenever we whenever we close out these podcasts, is I always ask y'all what do you do every day to make the world a better place. 
So, Susan. <laughs> I knew you were coming to me. I'm looking at you going that way, that way. <laughs> Ask Marty first. <laughs> wow, to make the world a better place. A lot of prayer, of course. Yeah. But we're here to help people. Absolutely. And, that, and you know, I take pride in helping somebody yeah. to get into a house, whether it's their first house, second house, investment. Exactly. They're all the same because we're helping somebody. Yeah. And that is our goal, to help them and help them understand and guide them through yeah. it. Yeah. You and know. I think it means a lot to us yes. to be able to do that. We don't yes. take it lightly. No, not at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you, Marty? That's not exactly a mortgage question. <laughs> it's not a mortgage question. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I've, I've had a, a wonderful life. I truly have. I've lived all over the world. I've had great jobs. I have a great wife. I have a great family. And I have two sons. I have a 37-year-old and I have a 19-year-old. Just turned 19 Friday. Cool. And that, to me, is my greatest job. Right? That's I, so awesome. I love my, my boys more than anything in the world. But the thing that, that I always tell them, and they'll tell you, you know, I've got all these dad quotes. When you get to be over 60, <laughs> oh my you get dad quotes. <laughs> dad and they quotes can and repeat dad jokes. Them. Yeah. And they can, be, they can repeat them constantly. We my biggest one yeah. is always that you need to make sure that the world looks better in your rearview mirror than it looks out your windshield. That's cool. In other oh, words, as you're is. driving along, you got to change the things that you see yeah. so they're better than you found it. If you're walking down the street and you see a, a tin can in the street and you pick it up, you know, and drop it in the garbage, the world's a little tiny mm-hmm. bit better. Exactly. Um, I do a lo- I've done a lot of work in my life. I, I will continue here in the coastal bend as I get settled in in homelessness. Yeah. Um, I'm a strong advocate in foster care. I have awesome. a strong tie to the foster system. Awesome. Um, and I'm a man of, of deep faith. Yeah. I firmly believe that God has given me talents yeah, in my he life. Has. And, and I'm very very purposeful in making sure that those talents that he's given me, I share with other people. Yeah, the knowledge absolutely. That I have. I, you know, I'm always willing to take time to sit down with somebody, whether I make them alone or not. And it right. just drives some people crazy because I'll sit there and say, I'm not even going to talk to you about making a loan. I'm going to talk to you about, should you even be looking? Right. I want to make sure. sure it's the right but thing. But that, 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 that you're doing the right thing by doing it right, that way. Right. I just, you I are. found in my career that, you know, whether it's with my clients, whether it's with my, you know, when I was doing consulting, whether it's with borrowers, whether it's with the people in the bank that I work with, that if you're always honest and you're always genuine and you always do what's in the other person's best interest, just I've, I've just got a life lifetime track record of proving oh. that I come out on the best end. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the way I, I I live my life and run my business too. I can, I couldn't agree more. It's like I I've always I'm always you know I I'm pretty deeply Catholic and there's this mm-hmm. whole you know works versus things that you know and, yeah, 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 and yeah. I and I'm always really really it's kind of funny because I always go into something I think I'm gonna go do this and I'll take my son and we'll go down and we'll work you know at a you know I remember one time I took him down to this homeless shelter that I'd worked at in Phoenix for 30 years and we were serving dinner and things and afterwards we went out and we sat on the benches and we started talking to this guy who was a a um, veteran and had been on the streets for about 25 years and we just wow. had this most amazing talk and he was talking to my son about being in Vietnam and Wow. You know, and but it was it was so interesting because he he talked about where he was at was his fault. You know, it was it was he, wow. and, and I was like and I you know and, and that he had made choices and he'd made bad choices and he'd you know he'd done things with drugs and he'd done things with alcohol and you know and he wasn't blaming anybody. Yeah. And we had this wonderful talk and as I was driving my son home that night, he was saying, "Dad, you know," he said, "That's really true." 
that, you know, the things that you do, the choices you make affect your life. Yes, and, yes, and I'm sitting absolutely. here and I'm thinking, That's I'm, insane. I'm taking him, mm-hmm. I'm taking him to, I want to get sure. points, right? I want to, I was yeah, not a good boy in the seventies. I got to go to purgatory. Oh I got to work some things off. I'm thinking I'm going to get something, some points out of this. And in the end, I give my son this great gift. That's and somebody so who's, yes. who's walked the walk. Yes. And so it's like, that's now I got to awesome. go back and do something again because I get no points for that. Oh he just my did gosh, my job whatever. For me. Yeah. No. So that's, that's to me what it is. It's yeah. just about being that's honest awesome. and being out there and being available. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I truly am. We are available to, to, you know, I, at least I am available to anybody who wants to talk to me. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I put my cell phone on my, my business card so people can call me. I'm yeah. not afraid. And I answer it. It drives my wife crazy. <laughs> but, but I answer it because you, you never it. know when you're going to be able to change somebody's life. Right. Well, if any so. listeners want to get in touch with y'all, what's the best way to do that? Uh, FCBOT, okay. First Community Bank of Texas, FCBOT.com. Okay. Um, or you can give me a call on, on at our office. Uh, the number on that is, uh, I got it. You know, I don't have my glasses on. 361. 361-993-9703. We're always available. Um, or, you know, call Keller Williams. They know who we yeah. are. We'll come yeah. on. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come down and meet with the both just of you. Just call me and, and, and I'll give you their number. There That's you right. Go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're just, we're just always here. And we're, you know, we've been here since 1985 um, doing business in the Coastal Bend, for the Coastal Bend. That's so awesome. And it's going yeah. to continue. And so, so awesome. we'd love to see you out there and, and, you know, and get out there and talk to professionals. There's some yeah. great professionals in this town. Yes, I'm talk to so professionals impressed. before you believe right. what you hear on the news yeah. and come up with your own ideas. Because exactly. yeah. nine times out of ten, it's not factual. Right. It, or it's or it just doesn't really apply. You have to, yeah. you know, it's, it's like going to a college lecture and just sitting in one in the middle of the semester and then saying, oh, I understand everything about astronomy now. It's like, <laughs> exactly. you really need to have what comes before and what comes after. Exactly. Exactly. That's well, so. every state is different. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And well, every it's, community is different. I was no, talking to a yes, from Austin yes. this morning and, you know, I have a seller who's moving. He's wanting to stay under the 300,000 mark. And he's like, that's next to impossible, but I'll do everything I can. There's nothing in Austin under 300,000. Yeah. And, and so they're trying to stay on the outskirts and, you know, and it's so funny because where, where we have his house priced, he, he in, in Aransas Pass where we're selling it would be, you know, 50,000 more in Rockport or you know, 30,000 right. more if it was in Portland yes. or whatever. Or and it's just yes. so crazy how one town can change everything yes. and one market is different from the next. That's you know? why That's yeah. why when I got to Corpus, and it's interesting, t- I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. When I was born, Phoenix was 265,000 people. Yeah. Okay. It's now about, I think it's the fifth largest metropolitan metroplex in the, in the country at about four and a half, five million yep. people. Wow. So crazy. when I was born, Phoenix was smaller than Corpus. Wow. I got to Corpus and my wife, I was here for about six months before her <laughs> and my son came and she called me. She said, so how is it? And I said, it feels very comfortable. Yeah. You know, it's, this is a great place to live. It yeah. has a lot yes, to offer. Is, yeah. And it, it, one yeah. of the reasons I came here and I took this job was because when I talked to everybody here, whether it was waitresses at restaurants while I was interviewing or people in the office or people in the company, they all would say the same thing. They'd all either say, oh, I was born and raised here and I've been here yes. my whole life. Or they yes. would say, I was born and raised here and I went off to college and then I went off and lived in Dallas or I went off and lived in Austin. And then I came back. And we then came I back. came back. Yep. And that yep, to me, me is the greatest mm-hmm. thing of all. Yeah. When, yeah. when people grow up somewhere and they come back, yep. it, feels it means that they get out, they yep. go out and they see what the world is and say, man, I kind of had a little slice of heaven right there. I, yeah. I swear, whenever my husband and I didn't live in the coastal bend for a few years, we talked about it 
at least once a week yeah. about how we missed draws. it. Yeah. So let's buy houses. Let's get everybody yeah. into housing. Let's, yeah. get every, let's, yes. let's get with the builders. Let's work with our cities. Let's let's create more entry-level housing. Let's yeah. find new ways. The mm-hmm. bank is willing to do it. I talk to the president of the bank every other week yeah. about, you know, what do we have to do to to help the economy? He's on the port commission. He's talking. Yeah. He's telling me about all the things that are happening at the mm-hmm. port. He's, yeah. he's very involved in, in a number of institutions. He's like, Marty, what do we have to do? We have to... We have to be an engine to drive this yeah. community. That's so and great. That's yeah. what I love about coming in. That's why I, yeah. that's why I took this job. It's what I love about community banking. We're yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, thank yes. you guys so much for tuning in today. And you know, if you guys have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And we hope that you took you have some great takeaways and that y'all learned something. Y'all take care. <laughs>